0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body
1: Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum.
2: I'm Piers Morgan on Uncensored tonight. Influencers like Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate have filled a vacuum of male role models. With growing evidence of a crisis of masculinity. Could a minister for men be the answer? We'll debate. Jailed for 22 years. leader of the Proud Boys orchestrated the US Capitol riots, but will a future President Trump set him free? Carrie Lake is one of his most influential allies. She joins me live. And the world-famous Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew launches a much-needed queer nature exhibition to promote the connection between plants, fungi and the LGBTQ plus, whatever it is now, community. We'll get into the weeds of all that weirdness.
3: Live from the news building in London, this
4: is Piers Morgan, Uncensored.
2: Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. I love women. Let me make that clear. I think they have a pretty tough time of it. Certainly, historically, many people have fought very hard over many years to bring women closer to much-needed equality. I back them with every fibre of my ghastly male being. That's why I have absolutely no issue with the fact the UK has a minister for women, as do many other countries, including Canada and Australia. America's Secretary of State has an Office for Women's Issues. New Zealand has an entire Ministry of Women, which sounds great, albeit a tad sexist. The UN has a Department for the Empowerment of Women, as well as a Special Rapporteur for Women, a Commission on the Status of Women, a Conference on Women, and an Honorary Ambassador for Women in the form of Wonder Woman. This week, the Labour Party reshuffled its top tier and unveiled a shadow minister for women's health and women's mental health. What about men? Are there no issues with men's health and mental health? Tory MP Nick Fletcher is making ways by campaigning for a minister for men.
3: I'm from Doncaster, and I see an awful lot of uh, young boys and young men out there with uh, little aspiration, and uh, life's not given... uh, the best opportunities and uh, they tend to be neglected uh, by uh, by lots of people within the authority and also uh, government as a whole it's, we need to we need to be addressing this
2: Well, he's right, of course, but the feminist blowback has been as swift as it's been predictable. One commentator quipped that as long as rooms of men are writing policy, every minister is already a minister for men. This research group said there's simply no problem for men because men are rich CEOs who run the male-dominated, patriarchal world. But the facts suggest otherwise. Nearly three-quarters of adults who go missing are men. 87% of rough sleepers in the UK are men. Men are three times more likely to become alcoholics or drug addicts. Men are more likely to be sectioned. Most suicides are men. Most prisoners are men. Most people who are vilified and ostracized for showing their opinions, they're men. Young men are falling behind in school. And young men are also constantly browbeaten by man-bashing movies like Barbie and phrases like rape culture, which teach them that they are evil by design until they can prove otherwise. Men are also subjected to a kind of sex-based shadow justice system, which relies more on the court of public opinion than the court of law. Campaigners hounded Manchester United into offloading their star player Mason Greenwood over a charge of attempted rape, which was dropped. He admits he made mistakes. He may have done some pretty awful things, certainly, tapes suggest that, but we all know for a fact that he's been found not guilty of any crime. Why should he have to lose his job? Now the knives are out for another United player, the Brazilian Anthony, who's facing claims from an ex girlfriend, but hasn't been charged with anything either. Stars like Kevin Spacey and Johnny Depp have been hauled over the coals on the assumption, presumed assumption by the Court of Public Opinion of guilt, but were then found not guilty after their reputations were trashed for sometimes years. Spanish football president Luis Rubiales has been called the very worst of society by Spain's government over that unwanted kiss at the World Cup final. Film director Woody Allen said, well, wait a minute, the kiss was wrong, but it didn't burn down a school. Now, Woody Allen might be the last person on earth who should be saying stuff like this in this arena. But would a woman have faced the same tidal wave of hate? Two things can be important at the same time. That's why we can have a Department of Health and a Department of Defence without closing hospitals to go to war. A minister for men seems a pretty smart idea to me, and if the UN needs an ambassador for men, well, look no further. Well, joining me now this is the political journalist Ava Santina, talked to be contributor to Esther Krakow, making his much-anticipated return to the Piers pack, the author and journalist Tony Parsons, whose new thriller, Who She Was, is out now. So, Tony, welcome. And with a quote from your. I was about to come to that. So. The half on the back. Well, on the front it says who she was, obsession lies, a woman intent on escaping her past. Can you trust the story she tells? Which I assume was Meghan Markle's new autobiography. <laughs> and then I find there's a, a brilliantly. Uh, Somebody else you know. Brilliantly positive <laughs> quote on the back which says there's unput Danimal and there's walk into lampposts with the latest Tony Parsons in your hand <laughs> Celia Walden, my wife. <laughs> Anyway, it's a brilliant book, and uh, everyone will love that as they do all your books. This is why you're one of the biggest sellers in the country. Men, a minister
5: for men. Tony. Um, my gut feeling is no. Um, really? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Barbie. I thought it was a really funny movie. Did yeah. you? It didn't make me. didn't make me feel persecuted. I know we we differ on this, but we're I... not I, really persecuted.
2: I, I just felt it was so lame, banging on about a dozen times about the patriarchy and all this. Yeah, there, stuff. There,
5: there's that. But I, I mean, look, look, you're I felt that you're it, outnumbered. Look at you, yeah, two to yeah. one tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it, it made it made fun of everybody. You know, Barbie gets cellulite. I mean, it made fun fun of. Uh, yeah, but Barbie it was too. mainly mocking men. Uh, but but I don't feel
2: weird. Ken's do, a do. total doofus. He gets his come up and blah 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 blah. Yeah,
5: no, I I, I really loved it in fact. The more, the more you are talking, <laughs> I'm finding I'm loving it more. Have I, lost, <laughs> have I lost you to the to this world? No, but have you become I become a bit it's pretty even-handed, it's made think that's why a billion dollars, it's, been, you know, it's 000, 000, is because, essentially, it's a lot um, it's
2: a lot it's a I think it's a serious subject. it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a it's a serious yeah. get the traction they do. And one in five kids who come up to me in the street, boys, like teenage boys, early 20s, one in five, maybe more, that come up to me on a regular basis, they want to talk about Andrew Tate. I think he he has, has an extraordinary yeah. influence, for better or worse, yeah. right? And, well, def- definitely for worse. But I do think he's filling a void. Yeah. These young men don't feel they have role models yeah. like that Anywhere else to go to? Yeah. Why are you laughing?
1: Because yeah. it's just silly, isn't it? Because it's not. It's, well, it's not a role model. It, it's you know. Actually, it is. Actually, a lot of a lot of men hate women, and I think that he appeals to that no, subset.
2: Some men hate women.
1: Some okay. Some men hate. I would women. say some a very. Men.
2: I would say a very small minority, and there are some massive man-hating women out there. Not all. I don't think you two are. Well,
1: there's not that... that You don't have that power dynamic that men who hate women have. So, like, I mean, for example, Andrew Tate has been, what, imprisoned or under well, hang on. Be should...
2: careful what you say. Andrew, under This is going to be part arrest. of the debate we come to. Andrew Tate hasn't been charged with anything yet. Okay. He's been held under house arrest right. for months Andrew on Tate end. Andrew Tate has
1: been accused right. of human trafficking. And, and, and how many boys don't will... believe that?
2: Well, the court of law will decide whether he's guilty or not. Yeah. But the court of public opinion... And you've just been guilty of yourself. The court you've of already you've already convicted him in your eyes. The
1: court of public opinion have already decided that apparently this is just like some some creation that has never existed. No, that's know, not what people happened. are saying. People are it saying, saying they're waiting saying. until
6: the verdict is out, which is which should have been the standard, which would be the standard if we were talking about a woman, but apparently, because of his public persona, we're, we're more inclined to assume that he's guilty. Well, I'm sorry, but, but I don't but think the, that women can the, trust
1: the court process anymore. I, I I think, I'm you no, know, that's
6: not fair, because actually men are hugely disadvantaged, particularly men that are in the public eye. Look, the point about this Minister for Men yeah. issue... I don't agree with it because I don't agree with the Minister for Women. I think if you're going to talk about issues of, like, you know, the suicide rates or ca- cancer rates amongst men and women, for instance, you should have independent ministries for those specific issues because men and women, if you have a ministry for men and a ministry for women, at some point their, their interests will collide. Think, so if I you wanted to get need, funding I think for you prostate you need a cancer, bit more engagement with
5: it? fathers. I think fathers need to be a bit more engaged with their sons. I think the mm-hmm. reason why... But also... Well, can can't, can't we
2: separate toxic masculinity... From masculinity.
5: Yeah, well, I think well, there's nothing wrong with being a
2: masculine male.
5: No, well, it, no, but it's become, you know, it's become since we were young, mm. young men. It's become, uh, le- you know, there's there's no Muhammad Ali to look up to these days. You've got these, uh, you know, they, a surprisingly large number of them seem to be at Manchester United. I have to say, you've got. You've yeah, but i have a problem in a
2: way with. Uh, I'm not defending Mason Greenwood. I think he's a pretty. Scummy guy, from what I've seen and read. Or yeah, whatever. I was thinking of the latest one. Well, the latest one, yeah. Anthony, the winger. Uh, again, an ex-girlfriend has made allegations. Yeah, yeah but no, that's what they had, are. Yeah, but he
5: hasn't been suspended. And we know from George the Amber Heard Johnny yeah. Depp
2: thing. You can you can throw yeah, all the mud you like, and yeah, it will stick. Absolutely,
5: absolutely. But if yeah. ultimately
2: these guys, one has not been charged with any crime. But, um, and yeah. and there, there may be reasons for that, but Anthony may be completely innocent, or he may not. Yeah. But I just don't like the trial no, I, well, I agree by with public No, I, I agree with you,
5: but I, but I do think that those guys, those young, those those... Elite athletes, mm. I think that there's that they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility agree. to young men, they have a responsibility. But we have to a duty care. as a society to be fair to them. Oh, if of course, are, yeah. If they are leveled sure.
2: with allegations which may or may not be true. I think, I
6: think the reason why there is a void in, in sort of masculine role models is because we can't agree on what masculinity is. Right. Right. If you have a man that he likes to go to the gym who says he likes young, beautiful women or whatever, he's a toxic male. Yeah. Because you have no. a bunch of old, uh, ha- old hags complaining that yeah, they're not that's, attracted, that's that they're not, they're not being. <laughs> You have a bunch of old, overweight women whinging that those types of men don't find them attractive. We don't agree on what a, a masculine man is, okay, and that's, that's why there is a void. That's why you true. have such a spectrum between Andrew Tate and. George I don't Tate, even
2: think the patriarchy exists apart. exists anymore. You
1: are being disingenuous. What's the biggest movie? That? What's the, the biggest movie of the year? I've ever it's not, the it's biggest not
2: movie mind. of the it year celebrates mind. the matriarchy. And it is starring and produced by the production company of Margot Robbie, who's the hottest movie. Oh, can I say that without being arrested? She's very un- not unattractive lady in Hollywood who is making about $100 million from producing this barnstorming that movie. That doesn't mean that. It's the all about patriarchy. a matriarchy and how awful men are. That doesn't mean that. Where's the, the patriarchy? patriarchy. <laughs> it's been quashed.
1: The patriarchy is in our court system, which only prosecutes 1% of all uh, allegations against rape. The patriarchy somehow vanishes
6: in the family court system
1: when most men are not actually even given custody oh,
6: for or allowed say. to see their children. The patriarchy no, is in
2: our workplace. OK, so my boss, uh, ultimate boss for Talk TV is a woman. Mm-hmm. My boss at The Sun, where Tony and I write columns, is a woman. Two out of the three panellists tonight are women. Yeah. Yeah. How's how's the old patriarchy looking? A look, little bit diminished. Media me has
1: always been ahead of the rest of the country. Like we we, we know that because it's a bit more <laughs> liberal. We do know that. But, but like, the thing you is, look, why do we complain report, about the fact so. that the, the lack of female bin cleaners,
6: right? The, the patriarchy only works one way. You oh, you want to see women in front-facing positions that look glamorous, but we never complain about female bricklayers, for instance or, I have female not bin, instance, or female. I have, not bin, not I have not seen never actually seen a female
2: bin person. I've never seen one. Yeah. And yet we have to. We can't even call them bin men because that's offensive to women. Exactly. When do you ever see women? Doing the bin stuff. Well, you see them
5: in the ads, in the ads in the Well, yeah, because... I'm going to make uh, my wife put
2: out the bins, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about actual... Yeah,
5: of course. What? Of course. In Barbie, they say the patriarchy... Patriarchy is very much alive and well in my house. Kenny's told that the patriarchy still exists. We're just a bit more quiet about it than we
2: used to be. Let's just segue slightly. There's an amazing auction going on at the moment uh, for Freddie Mercury, uh, who actually was a neighbour of mine in Kensington until his sad death, obviously, from, from AIDS. He... His, his former girlfriend, Mary Austin, who stayed his best friend, inherited the house from him in West London. She's selling all the stuff from the house. It is incredible what was going on this auction. His back door has just gone for f- nearly five hundred thousand pounds. I mean, be... His silver snake <laughs> bangle bit... was supposed to go for a few <laughs> thousand. In the Bohemian Rhapsody video, six hundred ninety-eight thousand. The autographed manuscript lyrics for Bohemian Rhapsody just went for one point, nearly one point four million. Uh, the Yamaha piano, or oh, th- I think these might even be just the the uh, on some of these. These are just the, uh, uh, the asking yeah, the price. Yeah, asking price, but.
5: I think Everything is I think, going... I think they'll struggle to get... Maybe not, they're, they're like holy relics.
2: But here's my point to you, Tony. Yeah. I wanted to read you what you said about yeah. uh, Freddie Mercury. Well, when we were at the Mirror. At the Mirror. You, you know wrote... what
5: they say? If you, I don't remember. Well, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read this. it you.
2: <laughs> You're going to be damned with your own words. Queen <laughs> were crap with Freddie Mercury. Pompous, yeah. overblown, all yeah. style, no substance. In the 30-year orgy of British groups, Queen were never more than a fake orgasm. As a punishment, my first editor wants me to see him at Wembley Arena. That's it was true. horrible, like a pantomime for thick adults. No, that's, Tony true. I, that's true. No, it's true. I mean, Tony. I would, I would say, and they think I'm uh, a savage critic. I mean, my I, God, I know man. it's
5: heresy to say that stuff now, but I and, and you know, there's part of me I enjoyed the film, and I quite liked uh, Fred. He Was like he had, he was very, it was very funny. Personally, he said to a, a colleague of mine at the NME. Um, Oh, darling, I thought you'd be editor of The Times <laughs> by now, which I thought was you know funny what, at the time. You're, you are what, so I'd... wrong
2: about Freddie Mercury. He was the greatest, most flamboyant, brilliant showman I've ever yeah, seen in front of m- back. I mean, my... He was also, I would say, the best rock singer there's ever been in terms of quality of voice. Yeah, and I'd he was a Jagger wonderfully entertaining
5: yeah. character. No, be, he Mick was Jagger, a, you say? Yeah, yeah. A better yeah. singer than oh, Freddie Mercury? Yeah, yeah. And, a oh, and a better songwriter, too. Oh, and a better songwriter, too. Please. And a nicer bum. I love it. I'll tell you about Mick like Jagger. I the how, sto- how, the, how
2: stones, the stones were out today. <laughs> well,
1: you can buy the back door. We have well, the, the,
2: stones <laughs> today, <laughs> today, the Stones did a uh, press conference today for their new album, first one in years. Mick Jagger's 81.
4: and was he's 80. He was
2: 80 this summer. I'm sorry, 80. Keith is 80. Right, so I met Mick at the Laws Cricket this year, just after he turned 80. He's the same age as Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see Biden falling over, yeah. drooling, can't yeah. pronounce his, any words, yeah. gets everything wrong, that's the same age. It's not about age with Biden. It's about mental <sighs> yeah. and physical yeah. performance, right? Yeah. Jagger is still behaving like a teenager. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And and but the idea is he's a bit of singer than Freddie Mercury. Come off
5: Yeah, I, well, I would have to insist he is, yeah. No, I, I know it's heresy to say this, but... That, at that time, you know, in that that period that we're talking about, there was so much. I mean, I saw ABBA and was completely indifferent. I saw the Eagles and was completely different. Because I was also watching The Clash and The Jam and Bruce Springsteen and, and The Stones. And, I think uh, The Stones
2: are the best rock band. Yeah. Freddie was the best singer. And I would put I mean, up there as rock singer Axel Rose. I,
5: but I think the thing is, I think the reason why you revere him so is he's actually more... Judy Garland and Keith Richards. You know, he's not very rock and roll. I love Judy Garland. I love Judy Garland. Me too, me too. And Keith Richards. Me too, me too.
2: Um, now, talking about people we love, uh, I want to play you a fantastic clip from a new Donald Trump radio interview with an American host. Listen to this.
5: I think we've got it. I didn't like the way she dealt with the Queen. I became very friendly with the Queen. She was an incredible woman. But, uh, they treated her with great disrespect, and I didn't like it, and... Uh, it's not a good situation going on with uh, the two of them, but I didn't know that they don't like me. Somebody mentioned it might be possible. They wouldn't be the only ones.
0: But, I mean, that would get ratings, wouldn't it?
5: Oh, if you want to set it up, let's set it up. Let's right. let's go do something. I'll, I'll, I'd love to debate here.
2: So that could be Donald Trump mm. debating... I think he said Harry and Meghan
6: yeah.
2: on a stage. I'm happy to moderate it. Just, it it would
6: just be Meghan. Harry would <laughs> Harry
2: would weep. Would it, it would break? Be... Would it break all TV ratings records?
1: Probably yes.
2: Donald Trump debating with Harry and Meghan. Well, I, mean, he, I think so. He
1: doesn't debate, does he? He just sort of shouts his opinion over Yeah, also, it would be funny to watch. Yeah. The incredible bravado of him, right there, to say that he he liked the Queen or he enjoyed his time speaking with her. I mean, can you imagine what she had to say about Actually, him behind Actually, yes. His
2: back? I know for a fact she liked meeting him. You know why? I, she found Trump very entertaining. But that was her genius. I know, so I know this for a fact from a member of the Royal Family. Anyone. The Queen actually found him very entertaining because he was totally unlike anyone else she ever met.
1: But you're not meant to be entertaining as the president, right? Oh,
2: uh, you well, can be. it doesn't, doesn't hurt. You can be. <laughs> in fact, one of the reasons that Trump is still surging ahead in the Republican race to be president again... It's because he is very entertaining. He can be very funny. He has that charm side to him. It's the reason Boris Johnson. Unless he's trying to
5: overthrow democracy.
2: I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just saying the reason why he's so popular. Helps. Rather like with Boris Johnson. Yeah, no, Boris. They have a a charisma. They made people laugh, and certain people like that.
1: Well, and also Trump is, you know, kind of inciting the far right and, you know, making them believe. I'm not
2: defending. Either of them. I've been very critical of both of them. Just saying, if you want to explain why they get traction, it's because they have that side of them. And some politicians, you think, otherwise have all the boxes ticked. They're not charismatic and they're not entertaining and they're not funny and they don't get the popular vote. Uh, talking of popular vote, last night at the National Television Awards, uh, we, well, inexplicably, in my view... Failed to win. Uh, we were nominated for the interview show of the year. Graham Norton apparently does interviews. Uh, I haven't seen them myself. Um, but, no, he's very good, and <laughs> he did rock. win. But there were some headlines that came out after the event, or during it, actually, uh, which suggested... Look at this. Piers Morgan fumes after he booed by crowd. was one of these headlines. Others talked about me facing a brutal booing, right? Blah, 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 blah. So I was like, really? It didn't sound like that in the room. So we got the clips. This is what happened.
1: There was just silence in the arena.
4: Well, <laughs> this isn't very good for me explaining...
1: <laughs>
2: there you go. We got any volume? There you go. you <laughs> Well, that wasn't actually the clip I was talking about. (laughs) Have we got the clip I'm talking about? All right, let's play it now.
3: Piers Morgan is here. (laughs) Hey, 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 everyone, everyone, say what you like about Piers Morgan. (laughs) After the break with another brand new award TV interview. Piers, you're in that one. Don't walk out, okay?
7: And Piers Morgan,
2: Uncensored! I mean, I haven't heard cheering like that at the end since One Direction reformed. Right, Um, so there was a kind of low-level smattering of booze, but I think it was aimed at this host. This guy who I'd literally never heard of. I don't I've
5: never seen him before. Does anyone know who never, he is? never seen him, yeah. never seen he never yeah.
2: seen him What's
1: his name? Yeah, I do. Oh. Do you know his never name? Domet, I think. Yeah. So none I, of us, I thought that was Rylan. None, oh. none
2: of us know his name, this guy. You
1: thought that was Rylan?
2: None of us know his name. He had two whacks in me, and I think they were just booing the badness of the jokes. And then when it came to actually celebrating our show, as you heard, just a stunning ovation right up there. I mean, I wouldn't compare it to the Beatles, although I just did. Uh, but anyway, my thanks to everyone who voted for us. Um, we should have won. We will win next year. So, thank you. We appreciate the support. And we'll keep bringing you great interviews. Pat, great to see you. Tony, it's a great book. Who thank She you. Was. Thank you. Fantastic. Number one best-selling author. Does it again. Obsession Lies And thank murder. you to Celia for the,
5: that wonderful quote.
2: It yeah, it's be the check in the post. That's all she'll care about. It's a great book. And great to see you. <laughs> On says the next is the former leader of the Proud Boys is sentenced to 22 years in jail. When a future President Trump, January, uh, pardon, January 6 rioters. We'll discuss that and more with one of his more outspoken supporters, a regular on this show, Carrie Lake, after break. Please welcome sentence. Yesterday Enrique Tarrio, the former head of the so-called Proud Boys, was jailed for 22 years for orchestrating the attack on the US Capitol on the 6th of January 2021. It's the longest sentence handed down so far over the attack. His supporters are now calling for Donald Trump to say he'd pardon them and others convicted over January 6th. Trump has plenty of legal problems, of course. Of his own, the Fulton County Court today heard arguments on his racketeering case, the former president pleaded not guilty, waiving his right to attend in person. What drew me to discuss all this is one of Donald Trump's most fervent supporters and a regular on Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good to see you again, Carrie Lake. How are you?
7: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
2: So, look, a couple of things uh, off the top here.
7: One, the
2: Proud Boys, the leader getting 22 years, I've seen the reaction to this. A lot of people think good, Justify the neo fascists, he was the ringleader, this is what he should have got for what people are calling sedition on that day and insurrection and so on. Others are taking a position that there's an inconsistency here in the way that they've been treated, uh, and along with other January sixth rioters compared to other people who've taken part in other riots. What's your view?
7: Well, I think Americans are coming around to the fact that it wasn't an insurrection. It was a staged riot. It was a staged riot to cover up the fact that they were going to certify a fraudulent election. And and here we're taking all of these people, many of them did nothing wrong, sentencing them to long sentences in the D.C. gulag, while we remember the summer of love, as they called it, in 2020, when we had uh, BLM rioters and Antifa rioters literally burning down churches, torching cop cars, beating people up on the streets, destroying businesses and neighborhoods, and they haven't been punished at all. And so everyone in America is looking at this and saying, whoa, we don't have justice anymore in America. Our, our legal system is in, in a wreck and we can't even count on fair sentences for what happened there. And we know as we've seen uh, tens of thousands of hours of video, some of it is starting to come out, we're seeing what really happened. Um, on January 6, it wasn't as the media described it. It was not an insurrection, and many of the people were encouraged to go in by FBI informants. Well, hang on, and uh, also look, by I, let's the let's not get
2: too far ahead of ourselves here. The, the truth is that thousands of people descended on the Capitol as a howling, aggressive, and it turned out very violent in some cases. Mob, people were killed that day and they broke into the US Capitol the absolute epicentre of American democracy, and they did it to thwart democracy. You might believe the election was stolen. Donald Trump might believe the election was stolen. But actually, most senior Republicans don't think it was stolen. Most Americans, according to the polls, do not believe that election was stolen. And actually, the enemy of democracy is not. AS YOU'RE TRYING TO PAINT IT, THE FBI OR THOSE WHO DON'T BUY INTO THE STOLEN ELECTION NARRATIVE, THE ENEMY ARE PEOPLE WHO GENUINELY PROPAGATE THE MYTH OF A STOLEN ELECTION, LIKE YOU.
7: WELL, well, LET ME JUST SAY ONE THING uh, ABOUT THE PEOPLE WHO WERE AT THE Capitol THAT DAY. THERE WERE HUNDREDS OF THOUSANDS OF PEOPLE THERE PEACEFULLY PROTESTING, SAYING WE NEED RELIEF BECAUSE THAT ELECTION WAS NOT fair. It was not on the up and up. And there were some people who went into the Capitol and there were some instigators in that crowd. And we're seeing more and more of the video showing what happened that day. And you're right. There was somebody killed that day, Ashley Babbitt. She was shot. She was shot by Capitol Police officer. And he's never been brought to justice on that. He's has never been brought to justice. A lot of the people that ended up inside the Capitol uh, ended up there, going inside, and they, the doors were opened by Capitol Police. There's a lot of questions that remain, and Americans don't see that well, as an a question, insurrection. Here's a they question really that don't. I would
2: put to you, Kerry. If it had been the other way around, if Donald Trump had won that election, if he'd beaten Joe Biden, and these were Democrats, hundreds of thousands of Democrats, storming the U.S. Capitol to try and stop that election being ratified with zero actual evidence of any election being stolen. Zero evidence. Trump's produced no actual evidence which has been ratified by anybody that this election was stolen. If it had been Democrats doing this, I can absolutely bet my house that you would have come on this show and argued the complete opposite.
7: No, if if the November 3rd election would have been rigged and stolen the way it was against the Democrats, I would be appalled as an American. This isn't about Democrat-Republican. It's about the way that election was run. And you're saying there's no evidence, Pierce, but there really is a mountain of evidence, and more and more of it's coming out. We're looking at what happened in Michigan as more information comes out about completely phony voter registration. We watched as they pulled ballots from underneath tables after they kicked the poll. There are lots of 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 these
2: stories swirling around, but every single time it's gone before people who actually, whose job it is to say whether this has actually happened. There's no evidence. I keep saying you're, this to Donald Trump. I don't know why he keeps flogging <laughs> the dead horse of a stolen election. Well, I'll tell When you actually, what, the evidence, when actually, what he wants to be doing is, is trying out. to persuade people that he should be elected again. Give us something for the country to feel positive well, and about.
7: and he is doing that. And he is doing that but the evidence is coming out and I know it's probably not being played in the UK but it is coming out every day more and more evidence is coming out about how bad 2020 was. The polls are showing that the majority of Americans now believe that the 2020 election was wrought with fraud no, and they so don't. The That's are changing nonsense. people do changing. That's true. Oh, Rasmussen, Carrie, that's... Compl- as, a, r- poll, absolute,
2: as we would say across the pond, that is an absolute 80, No, whopper. no, 81% is, yeah, of Republicans... There are, no, Republicans, you said Americans. You didn't six, say Republicans.
7: 81, 81% of Republicans, 60% of independents... Right. Actually, and the majority of Americans of in every poll... The,
2: the majority of Americans in every poll I've seen do not believe that the election was stolen. You know why? Because it
7: wasn't well, stolen. I, I'm looking at polls... I'm looking at polls and I follow election integrity because it is near and dear to my heart. I don't think you follow election integrity,
2: uh, Gary. I think what you want to do, like Donald Trump, you want to fuel a sense that every time you guys lose a fair election, it's unfair and rigged and stolen. And every time you win, it's the purest example of efficient working democracy imaginable. That's really what it boils down to. When Trump won in 2016, it was, of course, a fair election. Suddenly, when he lost,
7: well, I will it's tell unfair. You this, because you just asked, you said President Trump needs to convince people why he should win again, why he, uh, yes. why they should vote for him. And he's doing a great job of doing that. He's putting his agenda out. It's called Agenda 47, laying out how he's going to move America forward, pull us out of the ditch that Joe Biden and his corrupt administration has driven America into, how he's going to strengthen us on a world stage. We know that we've lost our footing. America used to be a superpower and now we don't have the respect around the world. And I'll tell you what, Pierce, if America falls, the whole world goes and president well, Trump I don't wants disagree with to you and by the way I just
2: war. by the way Carrie, I've just written a big column for the New York Post which has gone up tonight in which I'm heavily critical again of Joe Biden I think it's ridiculous that given his clear mental failings his physical failings Clearly, the age is now a massive issue. Uh, I don't think it's right that he should be contesting the next election. But nor do I think it's right that Donald Trump is facing nearly a hundred criminal charges, which at the very least will swallow up almost all his time in the next two years. you will have no time to run the country. Well, that's what that's um,
7: what they've intended. That's yeah, but my problem, but my, 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 with problem, but my problem
2: with that is that a lot of Republicans who, when Hillary Clinton was facing a similar scenario of criminal charges, all said that that would mean she couldn't possibly run again. They're now all saying the complete opposite.
7: I don't think she was ever charged with
2: anything. No, she wasn't, but when she was facing the possibility, a lot of Republicans (laughs) said, actually, if if she's charged, she can't possibly run again.
7: The difference in America is that the Democrats never get charged. You know, she can, uh, you know, bleach bit her computer and and destroy thirty thousand emails and and take money uh, from all over foreign interests into her Clinton Foundation, and you know her friends can mysteriously just. Commit suicide and die and, and nobody ever digs into anything the Clintons do. Well they did but dig into when it, it, but comes I, to I,
2: I Look, all that was obviously dug into at great length by the media. But what I do think, I do think there is a bias skewed to protecting the Bidens in a way that it would never happen if it was the Absolutely. Trumps. All this stuff with Hunter Biden, which is leading closer and closer now to the White House and his father, I think it stinks to right. high hell. And if they were the Trumps, that were exposed for doing all this. It would be a ferocious firestorm all over the front pages every day. So I do think there is a double standard in American mainstream media which skews positive to the Democrats and protective and goes against the Republicans. And on that point, we're going to end the interview because we're going to reach a rare point of agreement, Carrie. (laughs) But it's great to see you.
7: Likewise. Thank you, Pierce.
2: Come back soon says next, the Royal Botanical Gardens at Kew in London are planning an event that celebrates the queerness of mushrooms <coughs> and their connection to the LGBTQ community. I didn't make that up. This is actually real. After the break, we'll debate if it's time this kind of thing was weeded out of our great heritage and institutions.
0: When
2: we launched this show about 16 months ago. This was the kind of story I had in mind. Uh, The Royal Kew Gardens are set to hold an exhibition called Queer Nature at the end of the month. The event promises to break the binary and challenge traditional expectations by showing how fungi and plants have a special connection to the LGBTQ community.
3: Queer nature to me is is basically a very apt description of nature.
6: For me, queer nature is about rethinking how we see the world around us and our place in it.
3: Viewing the world of nature as queer is an act of freedom and
4: liberation.
2: <laughs> well, the event promises to bring together horticulturalists, scientists, authors, and drag artists, even featuring a performance from a bearded lady and a DJ who will play queer sets. My question for all this is why? Let's get into the weeds of the debate with OutKick host Tommy Laren and the comedian James Barr. James, welcome back.
3: Sorry, did you launch this show with the idea of talking about gay mushrooms? Yes. That's why you launched it this. You I sh- have you some gay, gay mushrooms here. Minister, you just wanted to oh, do a segment thank about you. queer mushrooms. Thank you for te-
2: teeing up my gay mushrooms. Wow. They don't look very gay.
3: Wow. I mean, they look like normal mushrooms to well, me. Well, Are you feeling a gay connection to these mushrooms? Listen, I feel a gay connection to a lot of things, Piers, including yourself right now. Really? I, um, I would say that mushrooms scientifically have about twenty three thousand different genders. So that's where this exhibit exhibit is coming from. Twenty three thousand genders of mushrooms. Exactly. Okay. There's not mate. This is a mushroom. No, well ask a scientist if you don't believe me. I'm not I've got asked a scientist. This is called a mushroom. That's yeah, it. But there are like they're fungi nothing and nothing sexual different... about mushrooms. What? Sex is not about mushrooms, no. Uh, so why are we having with... some queer celebration of things like mushrooms? I just don't understand why you care. Why is this such a problem? I care because don't see the back of it. <laughs> because what? We've Especially just queer had, pride, we just had have pride Month,
2: where the entire month oh, was God. taken up with turning everything LGBTQ, and now it's two plus something else,
3: right? It's extended,
2: listen, right? So To letters I can't even remember. The rest of the year is Why straight. does Q Gardens
3: have to go queer? I don't get it. Why can't here? And Why should it? It, it? Well, because... Why can't we just have straight plans? Because i say what it's doing. It's making queer people feel happy and ultimately isn't something... Sorry, that's but making society people feel shouldn't just be about thing?
2: changing everything so that you, James Barr,
3: get your kicks out of looking at a kinky mushroom. Listen, you might want to spend your life being miserable, but I'll tell you what really I'm is... I'm very happy. i tell you I'm what's, what's actually happening. Like, Yesterday, you lost an NTA to a gay man, so you've decided to find any story you can to attack queer people because you want to get your back on Graham No, I hadn't actually thought of that. That's exactly yes, what's happening It here. is true. It is It's
2: entirely Graham Norton's sexuality that enraged me. Uh, Let's bring in Tommy Lahren. Uh, Tommy, I just don't know where we start with this. Kew Gardens is like the (laughs) the epicentre of British heritage, the establishment. It's like you go there with your mum and dad, you take your cucumber sandwiches and you look at lovely plants. What you don't do is think about their sexuality or 23,000 genders or have a queer celebration of mushrooms. What is happening?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. What concerns me is if there are 23,000 genders for mushrooms and fungus. I'm a little concerned because the LGBTQ plus barbecue is already too long for most Americans and most people to memorize. So now if we have 23,000 genders added to that, I'm not sure we want to take our cue from plants. But you hit the nail on the head, Piers. Why does everything have to be about queer this, gay that? Why is that the only thing that leftists seem to respond to? It's either race gender, or climate change. Race, gender, climate change. That's it. Everything has to be gay. Everything well, we has to be have about had, race. We have everything had a has whole... to be about the planet.
2: Yeah, there has been a whole debate, actually, about whether plants are racist. I remember that one as well. The the, the thing about this... That's probably a debate that you had, though. No, but the, the thing about this, James, is I just, I just don't see the point of it other than to wind people up. Which I think you're almost admitting. No, like,
3: absolutely not. It's not winding anyone. But it's imagine,
2: winding if you I, are. imagine if I imagine if I tomorrow we're going to go down to Chelsea Flower Show and we're going to have a straight day yeah. where straight people like me you're will straight. go. Straight people like me, who, by the way, for the record, are not remotely homophobic, right? Go down to Chelsea Flower Show and we make.
3: Everything about the you straight did, sexual that, you affinity... Did, you did just hang say on, that Graham Norton's sexuality hang on. enraged you. So. No, no,
2: it was obviously a joke. Was it? You made you a stupid, be, facile to... point about his sexuality. Interesting. But I don't care whether he's gay or not. I care that he beat me. That that pisses me off. But let's go back to the Chelsea Flower Show. If I had a straight day or a straight week at the Chelsea Flower Show and started talking about the straight heterosexual affinity that we all felt with fungi and daffodils, you would go completely nuts. Really and really would. I said, look at these white
3: straight gammon abusing us in this manner, excluding us in this manner. If you and Tommy want to set up a straight mushroom exhibit with loads of straight, grey, boring, binary mushrooms... W- waving, I'm not doing it. Waving guns around, like James, go for it. I'm not doing it. It's it's your community that's it's doing not. it. Listen, you're the one that's hosting a debate on an international platform about mushrooms. Yes, gay mushrooms. Because the event is happening. Gay mushrooms. I'm younger, not calling them gay head, mushrooms. What do you want to do? I when don't you're think
2: you're mushrooms can I, said, be you know gay. I want to defend
3: queer mushrooms. It's mushroom. not a
2: gay mushroom. Look, you just eat it
3: like a mushroom. <laughs> Right? Wow, I hope you enjoyed that. They're not poisonous, are they? (laughs) You know, you're not queer, because you can catch queerness from a mushroom, by the way. Tommy! That's it. I
2: just... I think, Tommy, my overriding view, like you said, everything has to be reduced to this kind of stuff. It is pandering, virtue-signalling nonsense. But what worries me is that the corporate world, like Kew Gardens and their management, they get sucked into this. They think it's a good idea. Whereas I can imagine lots of people who attend these events will be thinking, what is going on? Why are they doing this?
0: Yeah, I think it's just out of step with most most people. I don't know why everything has to be about sex, sex and sexual preference. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think most human beings go about their day worried about the gender of a mushroom or a fungus or what gender they prefer to sleep with. I don't know why everything has to be reduced to this. Can we all just go about our lives? It hasn't been until 2020, I believe, that everything had to be about how you identify and what pronouns you use. Can't everything just be as it is without having to dissect? The- the heterosexuality, their homosexuality, or the queerness of everything—give everything some kind of a queer rating. I, I tell,
2: I why do you keep about that? We're are. running out of time, James. Final question, and make
3: it a quick answer. What is the gayest plant? <laughs> I honestly, I'm not answering that. Do you know what all? one gay. Everyone is. Every single person on this planet has different a different... You're not going to name a plant? To celebrate. Is there not one that you think... I, I guess is, a daffodil's pretty A daffodil. Gay. I like a daffodil. A gay daffodil. Yeah.
2: All right, well, on that bombshell, we'll leave it there. Tommy, thank you very much indeed for joining me. It's nuts. We know it's nuts, but James will keep coming back to defend the nuts, and that's why I like him. Uncensored next, Greece wants the Olgin marbles back as the scandal of a stolen treasures at the British Museum reignites an historic debate. Yanis Varoufakis makes his pitch next. back to Piers Morgan. The British Museum was hit by a scandal this summer when it emerged that more than 2,000 items were found to be missing, stolen or damaged. The fallout has brought unwarranted attention to the museum, including questions of its security and reputation, and renewed calls from some nations to have their treasures returned. Well, the new British Museum interim director, Sir Mark Jones, has previously suggested the Elgin marble should be shared with Greece and with British Museum chairman George Osborne now in talks to swap the marbles for other artefacts, they could indeed be returned to Greek territory soon. But should they? Critics say that will open the floodgates to dubious overseas claims on the Treasures Britain preserves and exhibits for the world. Joining me now to discuss all this is former Greek finance minister Yanis Varoufakis. Well, welcome to you, Yanis. The one thing I knew when I read about this story about the British Museum was the very next thing I'd hear would be the Greeks trying to come after the Elgin marbles again, and here you are.
4: Will you allow me, Pierce, not to be drawn into a Greeks versus the Brits kind of warfare? (laughs) Because from the very beginning, this was always a British discursive civil war. There were two lords, one English lord, and one Scottish lord. The Scottish lord, of course, was Elgin, who removed the marbles and took them to Britain and eventually sold them to the British Museum. The other earl, the other lord, of course, was Lord Byron, who, right from the beginning, scolded Elgin. Uh, you will recall his infamous line um, you know, Dull is the eye that will not weep to see thy walls defaced, thy moldering shrines removed. So don't get us. You know, don't pit the Greeks versus the, the, the Brits. The English versus the Scottish aristocracy has to sort this out. The
2: concern here is that if you use the pretty shameful behaviour of an employee at the British museum who's been looting away, it appears, with all these uh, artefacts from the museum, if we use that as, a, as an excuse to now let every country that thinks it wants to get back its own artefacts from the British museum, where does that end? Why would we then not be entitled to go to every museum in the world that has British stuff and say we want it back? Why wouldn't people that have stuff in Greek museums be able to say we want our stuff back? In other words, once you go down this road of artifact reparation, where does it end?
4: As a Greek, I'm going to make this point that no one, no one should take pleasure at the crisis that the British Museum is facing as a result of this mismanagement, let's put it this way. We should never use this case of mismanagement to attack a fine institution like the British Museum. Point number one. Point number two I would not want to see every artifact being returned. The Parthenon marbles are a very different, special, exceptional case. The point about the marbles of the Parthenon is that they were an integral part of the friezes of the Parthenon. And without them, that's what Lord Byron was getting at. When he said that your walls, thy thy walls were defaced, thy shrines removed, it was a kind of separation. The great British public are in their majority, as we know, from uh, various YouGov polls, in favour of returning the marbles to the Acropolis Museum. Well, okay, you say that, you you say
2: that, yeah, let me just bring in
4: a British person to
2: debate that with you, because we've got Louise Mensch joining us from New York. She's been listening... To this, so Louis, apparently all the Brits want these marbles returned to the Greeks. Is what Yannis is telling us.
4: Not all the way, the Greek, all, not all <laughs> the Brits. 58% of them, according to the last YouGov poll.
2: Okay, so there may be a <laughs> slight majority of Brits in a poll say they want them returned. Should yep. we not just give them back to the Greeks, given how much it means to them?
8: What is the point of relitigating things that have been decided for hundreds and hundreds of years? If we give back the Elgin marbles, what's next? The Rosetta Stone, the uh, Assyrio-Babylonian statues that are in the middle of the British Museum. The fact is you can't redo the past. Uh, Greece, like other great cultures, plundered other nations. That was then, this is now. And I really think that the Greeks are just looking to set the clock back for no good reason at all.
2: Well, Yanis, I would also add to that, that that there is a plan to perhaps loan the Elgin marbles to Greece. And no offence, but I would imagine the moment they're back on Greek land, there are going to be all sorts of attempts by Greeks to try and keep them there, probably legal attempts.
4: Well, allow me to counter the point of your other guest. I did make a very crucial, I think, declaration. I don't believe that all all artefacts should be returned. But if you had imagine you had a brilliant statue, it doesn't matter whether it's Greek, British, whatever, and it was cut in half, for some reason, doesn't mm-hmm. matter why, and one piece of it was here and the other one piece was there, there would be an argument for reunifying it. This is the whole point. This is why I'm saying that the marbles are an case. Okay, exceptional but why don't case. you bring okay, but let me and just I'm jump not in. Hang on a second. Just a second, just a second, okay. just a second, just a second, hang on a minute. And I'm not suggesting that they, that the marbles come from the British Museum to the Acropolis Museum. no, 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 I, as I said, I care about the British Museum as, as much as I care about the Acropolis Museum. But imagine how beautiful it would be if the two museums, the two countries, the two governments were to agree that the British Museum would be stocked and restocked on a rotating basis by a large collection of, uh, as I said, a rotating exhibition of beautiful treasures. Every six months, imagine if you had an opening at the British Museum. And the people of Britain, as well as tourists, could flock to see these antiquities that would about, never be okay, seen. Okay, but what about this idea? of I?
2: I have an idea for you. If yeah. you, if you, what you right. if what you really want is to reunite the two sections mm-hmm. of these marbles, why don't you give us your half and we'll do it at the British Museum?
4: No, no, that's not the whole point. The point. The point is, remember, well, it is the point. And, you just said it's the your point. walls defaced. No, no. Well, let me tell you what the point is. The point is that the work of art. That uh, we are discussing is not just a collection of statues, and it's not, you have most of them anyway. Mm. It's not a question of reuniting the ones you have with the ones that we've got left. It's a question of reuniting, in the same line of sight, those friezes and statues that were meant to be on top, on the frieze of the Parthenon, mm. with the Parthenon. And if you look at the Acropolis Museum, it is situated in a way that you would feel great to see them back there. I much rather things stay as they are than George Osborne's sordid proposal. Because think of what he's proposing. He's proposing to keep half or two thirds of the collection which is now in the British Museum as hostages in the British Museum, collateral, send the other remaining stuff to the Acropolis Museum and get Greek artifacts. So effectively he's talking about breaking up violently a family in exile. That is a sordid deal, and I hope the Greek government doesn't agree to it. Okay. Uh, If you want to keep the the status quo as it is, fine. It's better than what what Osborne is proposing. I actually agree with that. On that point, I agree. It would be the interest, it would be the interest of the British Museum and of the great British public, to have this kind of collaboration, cooperation with one fantastic exhibition every six months at the British Museum. Why? The Bath and the marbles are reunited. Louise, here's, your response you, to that?
8: You beat me to it. You beat me to it when you suggested that we should reunite the Elgin marbles by having the Greek government lend us the ones that they retain, so that we can put the frieze together. How about this? How about this as a compromise proposal? Let's have the Greek government send their volume of the Elgin marbles over to Britain as a sign of goodwill and trust will reunite all of the frieze of the marbles in the British Museum and after six months of exhibition at the British Museum the entire thing can move over to Greece. I think if there is mutual trust established between these two authorities there's nothing that we can't do together but the Greeks are going to have to get over the idea that Britain is going to give up one of its proudest cultural treasures, which was lawfully obtained and was obtained in the past, and we're not going to relitigate the past now just because Greece is salty.
2: Well, lots of proposals on the table. Yanis, I appreciate you joining me and your passion for this. Louise, thank you for joining me from New York. We will see what happens to these marbles, much coveted marbles. Whatever you're up to, keep it uncensored. Good night.